Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it kind of went, you know, in a, in a, in that fashion for me, where it was kind of a, you know, hesitant at first, and then when you start to see that wearing a mask, socially distancing, washing your hands, uh, making sure that everybody's doing the right steps to to keep each other safe and and everyone around us safe um, was working, then I started feeling more more comfortable. That was future World Series MVP Rich Hill speaking yesterday to reporters. And uh, we'll get into Judd's Twins Camp notes and see if Judd flooded the press box bathroom again here on this episode. And it's a Write That Down Wednesday on Mackie and Judd. But thank you first to Luther Brookdale Toyota. They've been standing by our side here on Mackie and Judd and at Score North for a long time, going on eight or nine years uh, at, at the radio station and then now part of this podcast. So Luther has some great deals to kick off summer, including 0% interest for 60 months on all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s. Hybrids now have 0% financing as well. You can save a little gas, save a little money. And uh, you can stop in and find out why my family and I have been going to the same place for decades, going back 30-plus years on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard or online at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Just to answer the question, what was it like walking back into Target Field? After Just a I couple days after flooded you the bathroom on Friday? Spread it your was, Judd juice all over the carpet. Um, well, first of all, uh, I tried. I did try to return to the scene of the crime. And it was the lights didn't work. Now, oh my! You fried the electrical board. I must have shorted out Target Field entirely. Now now the lights in the stadium, thank God, still work, but the lights in that particular bathroom in the press box don't work. So I I had to find a different bathroom altogether, so as not to uh, have the opportunity, I guess, to repeat the incident of last Friday. When, if you did not hear, I uh, flushed the urinal, not the toilet, and it started overflowing, and I realized I couldn't stop it. And the next thing I know, maintenance Boy. was shutting off all the water. I would be gun shy to even Shut flush that toilet off. again. Yeah. I would like. Oh, I wouldn't. Nope. I wouldn't. Now you just let it sit in there. Let yeah. somebody else do here's it. Here's the funny thing. Let Lavelle do it. <laughs> exactly. Here's the funny thing. So I went into a different bathroom. And I consciously thought, I'm not even going to flush the urinal this time so as not to have any opportunity to repeat the incident from Friday. I didn't realize this, though. Flushing the urinal, sort of an unconscious reaction. You, I didn't, I did it. Like, I didn't mean to, and I just, like, I was, I was just about done, and I just, I hit the damn thing. See, I, so it's sort of a, like a, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Reflexive action? That's good. I mean, it's good that you're... 
Like, it's like flushing. Yeah, flushing a toilet. Yeah, good thing. the things I, that are coming out of your body. Yeah, but the urinal, and after what happened, again, it's not a toilet. Just to be clear here, we're not talking about a toilet. We're talking about a urinal. So it's a little bit more, but I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because I don't want that to happen. And I did it anyway. I. Mm. Well, thank God. Subconscious, I guess. Thank God Judd is able to to have peace of mind walking into the Target Field bathroom. We'll get Judd's twins notes. We've got write that down predictions. Uh, But we promised this last week, and and Royce was going to maybe do it yesterday, but he admitted that he's old and forgot. And he might have one today as well, right? It's also possible that he's old and forgot. Okay, cool. So um, (laughs) I have brought my twins all-time quad A team to the table for you guys. If you'd like to partake here. Of course. I'm going to play a little little appropriate music here. This this might blow our eardrums out. I'm not sure, Declan. So okay, ready. A little bit louder than... All right. Um, so the hardest position was probably catcher because I feel like there's not a lot of catchers that mash in the minors and then just like stay at catcher and don't do anything in the major leagues. So it was, it was a little bit admittedly tough to find a catcher here. And just to back up a step, the rules for this exercise, when we talk about quad A... It's the gap between AAA and Major League. So the guys that are highly touted, dominated the minors, you're all excited for them to get called up, and they're mostly just crappy in the Major Leagues. Like career great minor league players yeah, but who peaked somewhere between AAA and the Major Leagues. They're great in Rochester, man. Correct. Hellraisers in Rochester. Or previously the Pacific Coast League. Was it Edmonton or? Portland, right? They had a Portland. Didn't affiliate. they have a Portland team? Oh, you know what? You might be right. They might have had an Edmonton one for a while, too. I remember because when I was a kid, they were in Toledo in, what was that at the time? International League? Something like that? And oh, then, Salt Lake City was one. They had, they had a Salt Lake. Didn't they have a Salt Lake affiliate? That sounds right. Yeah. Or was that just the movie? That, no, that sounds right. No, I think they did. Major League, Major League 3 was but you know based what, on though? the Salt Lake buzz. The PCL is great because nothing fools you, especially old school. Nothing fools you. Like the numbers put up in the PCL. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like you're looking at the, oh my God, that guy's going to hit 50 bombs next season. <laughs> he hits four. Yeah. He hits like five. That's about, because the PCL has the greatest inflated, especially home run statistics of anybody. Yeah. There's actually like when the twins went from the PCL to the international league, there's a bunch of minor leaguers that had a reality check where they'd hit like 30 bombs in elevated, <laughs> you know, you'd be like being playing in Colorado and stuff. And right. then all of a sudden you go to out East where it's cold and windy and it's a disaster. So, all right. So I went through and I picked every position, including a designated hitter, five starting pitchers, and two relievers, and an honorable mention, which I'll give you at the end. Okay. My catcher is Derek Parks. Yes. Okay. Oh, it's going to be my, if you didn't have one, <laughs> I was going to say Derek Parks, if nothing else, the hype. Early 1990s, his last season at AAA, he had a 311 batting average with a 900 OPS and just couldn't do anything in the major league. So Derek Parks. High draft pick, is that right? I think he was like a second round pick. Okay. First I just remember round pick. I just I still recall to this day the hype around Derek Parks was very, very big. And I will admit most of these players for me are nineties and two thousands. I don't think I have any players from the eighties because like I just don't yeah. it's hard if, if you weren't watching these players closely. So Patrick's probably gonna bring some guys from the seventies and the eighties. So you'll hear a lot of the guys from the same couple of generations, including these next two. Kenny Vargas is my first baseman. Nice. You guys remember him? Oh, yeah. People were so afraid that you can't let him go. He's going to turn into the next David Ortiz because he sort of looks like David Ortiz. Like he's hulking and has the same batting stance. And they like had a conversation one time at spring training. Kenny Vargas was a minor league masher 
and had a massive hole in his swing. You remember the home run? Uh, I, I want to oh, say yeah. it was a target field. It was an afternoon game. I think it was against the Cardinals, and the place yes. was absolutely filled with Cardinals oh, fans, yeah. and he came up and hit a bomb, and that was the type of thing where we always thought, man, if he can get hold of that pitch. Unfortunately, couldn't get hold of that pitch too much. Actually, here's a Mount Rushmore for, for Thursday's cliche Mount Rushmores. The Mount Rushmore of guys we were scared were going to become David Ortiz if we let them oh, go. Yeah. Kenny Vargas is the show? George Washington. Yes. Arcia. And he's actually one of my outfielders yes. on this list. I'll just he skip ahead. Oswaldo Arcia is on the Twins' all-time quad A team. We on this show were very afraid. I recall this, that Oswaldo Arcia was going to develop and become a masher, and the Twins were going to not be patient enough, and he was going to go elsewhere and do it. And then he went to Tampa Bay, where he ultimately should have been a great masher and proved that he wasn't. And I'll admit, I was definitely the most nervous about that exact scenario happening. And to this point, it hasn't. But he's still, like, age-wise, he's still in his prime. I don't think he's played professional he's ball in a couple of years. Mexico City or so, something. So Oswaldo Arce is one of my outfielders with okay. a 900 OPS in his career in the minor leagues. He did hit 20 home runs one year with the Twins, but he mostly just, like, struck out all the time and had fly balls bounce off his glove. He was bad. Uh, back to the infield. My second baseman is Luke Hughes. Yes. Led the Twins in spring training homers a couple different years, I believe, and was supposed to be like the next Dan Ugla type mashing yeah. second baseman, the Aussie, and, mm-hmm. and Luke Hughes really did nothing in the major leagues. He hit a couple home runs and... Uh, the, ha- the hammer, as he was known in the locker room. I heard some great stories about the hammer in, at Luke Hughes. Really? Yeah. Was he known as the hammer? He had an accessory, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, That's what I've heard from people. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had a couple bats. Thanks for breaking that one out, Dex. All yeah, right. No Alrighty then. There it is. Declan Goff, and your investigative reporter. Right. He couldn't stand Patrick. Right. Uh, number, number, uh, number three. My third baseman on this list, and I don't know what kind of accessories he had, but I can tell you he wasn't bringing a large bat to the major leagues. Terry Tiffy. Oh, yeah. Is my quad A third baseman. A 300 career hitter in AAA. Over like 15 years. <laughs> There's your first tip off. Barely, That's a great one. Barely got a <laughs> cup of coffee in the major leagues. And when he did, it was it was not very good. Okay. He actually hit like 400 one year with the Dodgers in AAA, I, I want to say. I remember him going to the Dodgers, yeah. Yep. Okay. So Terry Tiffy is the <laughs> third baseman. Shortstop, this might be a little controversial because this guy was a major leaguer for a long time. But he was mostly a bad major leaguer that you always wanted more from. And then whenever he would go to the minor leagues, he'd hit like 300. Alexi Casilla is my shortstop here. Okay. Like, I get that he was in the big leagues for eight or nine years, but yeah. he was not a starting caliber player in the big leagues. Interesting. Okay. And every time that guy was, all right, this is your year. You're the starting shortstop. You're the starting second baseman. He dropped the ball. Not so much. Every single time. It's also hard to find shortstops on this list because guys get moved off the right. position. Like Trevor Plouffe got moved off shortstop. Right. Or they make it. Or they do. They yep. just make it. Yep. All right. Outfielders. I gave you Arcia. Here's mm-hmm. the other two. Mike Restovich. We talked about him yesterday. Oh, yeah. Mike Restovich was once the 26th ranked prospect in all of baseball. I remember Six him. Six career well. major league home runs. He goes from the 26th ranked prospect in all of baseball to having six career Major League home runs. The Triple A home runs? I bet you have those. Over 200. Yeah, wow. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, so Mike Restovich is uh, is in the outfield so somewhere. So he, he couldn't hit breaking stuff? Is that what it came down to? It must I don't have remember. in the big leagues, right? Probably. That's usually the case. Like, if you're, if you're that good, you can jump on a fastball, but you probably can't lay off a slider. The third outfielder is a little bit more obscure here, but I think Judd's going to remember this guy from the late 1990s, early 2000s. 
This guy stole 30 to 50 bases every year in the minors, hit 300 almost every year in the minors, and didn't do a thing in the majors. Chris Latham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, In fact, he went to the Dodgers, too, I believe. Did he? I think he bounced to the Dodgers eventually. Yeah, Chris Latham was was part of the, the, the next generation of guys who could take over for Puckett. And in man center field, and, and Matt, by the way, Matt Lawton too, made it, but Chris Latham did not. If you can't make those Twins teams, you really sucked. Yeah, like nineteen ninety eight. Like this Oof. was not a this yeah. was not a the outfielders so jammed. We are sorry, we don't don't have room. This is a you just stink. So Chris Latham, Oswaldo Arcia, Mike Restovich, my designated hitter. There's a lot of options here. Designated hitter. <laughs> I love this list. This okay, great. this is good. My okay. designated hitter had a career three twenty four average in AAA. And when he uh, had a couple cups of coffee with the Twins in the mid to late 90s, it didn't go well. Brent Brady is my designated hitter. <laughs> Judd, you remember Brent I Brady? barely remember that name <laughs> now that you mention it. Yeah, he was... It doesn't, uh, it doesn't really snap back very strong, though. Yeah, he did not Latham perform does. very well in the major leagues. Brent Brady. All right, here's my starting pitching staff. I'll look him up. Okay. There's two controversial guys in here. I'll get to those guys at the yeah, end. Brad Radke. Let's start with second-round draft pick and a guy who dominated a couple years in the minors and then pitched a lot of years in the minors after this and self-nicknamed the real deal. Oh, yeah. J.D. Durbin is my number one Yeah, you here. said his his uh, AAA stats were really good, weren't they? Yeah, J.D. Durbin. Uh, in fact, let me pull him up here. I've, I, I've got a couple other pages up right now, including Marcus Jensen, who I was maybe going to put on this list as a catcher. Remember that guy from, like, 1997? <laughs> I do remember him. I saw him hit an inside-the-park home run one time at at the Metrodome because the left fielder, it was like Bobby Higginson playing left field for the Tigers dove and missed it. And the ball rolled all the way to the wall. And and Marcus Jensen uh, ran home for an inside the Parker. So JD Durbin had a seven thirty six ERA, his first year with the twins, a six Oh six ERA, his second year with the twins, actually second year in the majors, which was not with the twins. And then he was out of baseball by age 25, at least out of baseball in the major leagues, but in the minor leagues, in the three years leading up to his call-up, 3.19 ERA, a 13-4 and record in the minors, 15-5 and the next year with a 3.12, 3.24, and 3 gets called up. All right, send him back down. 2.33 ERA in the minors. Like, the guy dominated the minor leagues, the couldn't deal. figure it out, even though he's the real deal. The he real was the deal. real deal in the minor leagues. My number two starting pitcher, with a three-run difference between his major league and minor league ERAs, Scott Klingenbeck. Oh, yeah. From the mid-1990s. Scott Erickson trade. Was it? Yes. So they got him from what, the Orioles? With the Orioles. Yes, it was. It was a terrible trade. My number three starting pitcher, an Australian who threw over 1,400 minor league innings but only had about 100 innings in the major leagues, Brad Thomas from the early Mm. 2000s Twins. (laughs) Brad Thomas. (laughs) Just before my time. All right. Uh, You didn't miss anything with with Brad Thomas. These two guys will stand out to you as very familiar. And I think they're both controversial. Let's start with Liam Hendricks. All right. I know that Liam Hendricks has become a great reliever, but it took like 10 years for that to happen. And if you're just talking about his twins career, this guy was lights out in the minor leagues Mm -hmm. and just like couldn't get anybody out as a starting pitcher with the twins. Winds up going to the A's and the Blue Jays and figures out to be a reliever. So Liam Hendricks. And my number five starter actually had like three shutouts as a Twins starting pitcher in 2008-2009. But Kevin Slowey is in my starting rotation. Go look at... So Kevin Slowey had a 2.45 ERA in the minors and had some years where his ERA was like below two as a starting pitcher. Mm -hmm. Just a dominant starting pitcher in the minor leagues. 
And then he came up here, and like every time he ran into the third time through the order or the or the fifth <laughs> inning, he was just a disaster. So uh, Kevin Slowey probably should have been even more effective. He's a quad A pitcher in my mind. My two relievers, one we talked about yesterday, Anthony Slamma. Oh, yeah. Anthony Slamma pitched seven innings in the major leagues. He had an ERA below two regularly as a reliever in the minors. And then his cohort that sort of was the same guy, just like just a, a slightly different circumstance. Rob Delaney is my other reliever. Do you guys remember Rob yes. Delaney from like 10 or 12 years ago? Yes, I do. I have no recollection of I Rob do. Delaney whatsoever. Career ERAs below 150. Wow. At at uh, A ball and double A and a two and a half ERA at triple A. And he ba- like barely got a sniff in the big leagues. Rob Delaney. Did it not go well when he did? Uh, I, I don't, honestly don't think he got enough. Like him and, Sl- and Anthony Slamma like didn't pitch enough. So what was Seven going on? What time. was going on there then? Uh, the, the the twin scouts didn't like those guys. <laughs> but how can you not? You stunk. <laughs> so that's what it is. But you stunk. How can you not like those guys? I don't know. It doesn't make. There's no logical reason I've been given for why you wouldn't just say it's very. We don't arrogant. even like him. But what the hell? There there is an arrogance like at, at the end of the Terry Ryan run, and I like love Terry. Terry is one of the great general managers of like that early 2000s period. Yeah. But by the end of his, especially the second run and Bill Smith, like to, to look at a guy when you have a 90 loss team to look at guys who have like a 1.7 ERA in the minors and say, our scouts don't like you. Like, what are you doing? Did Gardy not like these guys too? Could have been part of it. Cause I would think yeah. that Gardy would say, I don't care what the scouts say. We suck. Give so, me something. So here you go. So Rob Delaney, I'm just pulling his numbers up here. These are Rob Delaney's minor league ERAs. 1.03 in 2007, 1.23 in 2008. Mm-hmm. And we're talking 10 strikeouts per nine here, by the way. Like, this dude struck everybody out. Mm-hmm. All right, he struggled a little bit with a 3.44 ERA in 2009, which isn't that bad. Gets called up to the Twins in 2010, pitches one inning. They say goodbye to him. He goes to the Tampa Bay Rays, has a 1.86 ERA in AAA. The Rays call him up in 2011 yeah. to pitch five innings. 2012, he's with Miami. 2.29 ERA in AAA. They don't call him up. And then he's out of baseball the next year. Wow. So something, pitched something was up then. Six career innings in the major leagues. Okay. And Anthony Slamma pitched seven career innings. But this was not in just the a twins league. thing then. I guess they not. bounced elsewhere and also couldn't get a chance. But in the isn't it weird that on bad teams like Miami, the Twins at the time, wouldn't you give the guy forty innings to, right. to see like what's the that's deal what I'm here, curious right? about? Yeah, my honorable mention is Byron Buxton. Oh, that is he just you're going down a controversial path that I just yeah, don't understand. Like, like to very this nice point, conversation to with this Buxton point, in spring training is a good kid. Okay, the quad A rankings. Byron Buxton is on here. He does tear it up at Rochester. I will give you that. <laughs> So there it is, the, the all-time Twins Quad A team. Derek Parks, Kenny Vargas, Luke Hughes, Terry Tiffey, Alexi Casilla, Oswaldo Arcia, Michael Restovich, Chris Latham, Brent Brady, J.D. the Real Deal Durbin. I can't find him. Scott Brady. Klingenbeck, Brad Thomas, Kevin Slowey, Liam Hendricks, Anthony Slamma, Rob Delaney. Wow. I, just, I just attempted to Google... Brent Brady and you're, twins. You're probably spelling his name wrong. It's B R E D E. Oh, okay. You know what? Now yeah. that I now that you spell it, I do remember that guy a little bit more. So Brent okay, Brady. Okay, that's why I couldn't find him. Let me see here because <laughs> I look for Brady. Brent Brady was, I believe, he was a left-handed hitter, if I remember correctly. Here, I'll, I'll shut this. You're good. Music off here. Uh, he was a left-handed hitter. He played parts of three seasons in the major leagues. In 1997, he actually played 61 games with the Twins. 
So he played a lot. Now that you spell the name, I remember him. Yeah. And there's a famous actor whose name also name is Rob Delaney. So I don't know if that. Well, we're talking about Brent, no, Brent, Brent Brady Brent here. Brady. Brent Brady. Yeah. Who, I, who I thought was spelled B-R-A-D-Y, which is why I couldn't find him on the Google machine. Yeah, his last year at AAA with the Twins. I'm sorry, uh, his second to last year at AAA with the Twins. I'll give you his two last years. Brent Brady hit 348 <laughs> and got on base at a 446 clip. The next year at AAA, he batted 354 and got on base at a 432 clip. Wow. Brent Brady. That kid's going to be good. <laughs> that kid's going to be good. The, o- the, only, the only exception that I w- would take, because I think your list is is fairly flawless, like it's really good, I would find a replacement for H- Hendricks because I know what you're saying, Yeah. but everybody else basically lived up to the qualifications to a T. Yeah. Yeah, Lee, the reason like Liam he became Hendricks, too good. So if you could just replace him with one more guy, I think the list is damn near perfect. He got really good, but... But let me, I just want to illustrate this because, like, Liam Hendricks oh, now, yeah, he throws 100 miles an hour. He's one of the best relievers in baseball. He's, he was an all star last year. Liam Hendricks, as a starting pitcher with the Twins in the minors, and then this crescendos into, the, into his majors, all right? Mm-hmm. His first year, 2.5 ERA, or 2.05 ERA. His second year, uh, once he got to, to A ball, 1.74 ERA. Double A, triple A, 3.36 ERA. Gets called up to the major leagues. Gets shelled in four starts in 2011. All right, that's cool. You're still young. Let's let's send you back down for a little bit. So the next year, 2012, 2.20 ERA in 16 AAA starts. He was 9-3. Pretty good, Let's mate. try him again. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, he got shelled in 16 subsequent starts in the major leagues. 1-8 with a 5.59 ERA. And, uh, and then the next year, he had a 6.85 ERA with the Twins. Like... The difference, like, I put him on here because the difference between how dominant he was in the minors and how terrible he was sure. in the majors. But besides and then, that, and then they list, turned him into a reliever. Besides so. that, the list is just, <laughs> oh, it's depressing. Terry so. Tiffy, man. I love Terry. That's a great name. Terry Tiffy's great. Terry Tiffy's a great name. Yeah. So you were at uh, Target Field again yesterday. This is what Wes Johnson said about the, the Twins pitching coach, Wes Johnson, on the rotation. You know, as far as for us, when we start the season, we'll probably start with five. Um, you know, you know, all things being equal, right? I mean, we, we, there's so many unknowns at this point. But as we stand today, we'd start with five. I would like to see two really good length options for us uh, in our bullpen, uh, just in case we need to go early with some guys. But you know, I tip our hat to our pitchers right now. I mean, they've come into this camp. They're, they've all been following a plan and uh, that we've given to us, are given to them, and, and they're in good shape. All right, so what, what else did you learn yesterday? Judd's Twins Summer Camp Notes. Actually, 2.0. I want to get back to something I saw on Monday, which was Rich Hill threw a, a bunch of live um, BP, and it was great to watch, and here's why. Rich Hill... If we don't, and we want to start the season, have fans in the stands, and we have live mics, <laughs> it is a trip watching Rich Hill pitch because nobody gets more angry at themselves and blurts out expletives. It is great fun, and I can only h- hope that the folks from Fox Sports North and everybody else says, you know what, screw it. It's a bleeping pandemic. We are going to be able to listen to Rich Hill pitch. And What's weird about this guy is behind the scenes, like just in casual, normal, everyday life, Rich Hill, I'm told, is as mild-mannered of guy and is as normal of guy as you could possibly get. Wow, so he's just a but psycho he on is, the mound. He is. I thought Donaldson, and I think he is 
was wound tight. I think Rich Hill takes if Donaldson's at eight. I think when he's pitching, Rich Hill a ten. You know, I kind of uh, like this. I feel like one of the Twins' biggest flaws over the last twenty years has just been a lack of they've they've lacked that bleep you edge to them. Mm-hmm. And I know, it's, you know sometimes that's a little bit tough to quantify. Like you could argue that maybe like the 06 Twins, the Piranhas, like had a little bit of bleep you to them, and like the smell of they definitely had, had a cocky. defiance, right? But yeah, there's those teams had a defiance to them. Yeah, there's just there's been sort of a passiveness to the Twins over the years that you can you can sense, and I just love like Do- Donaldson brings not only does he bring like a bunch of home runs and a better glove at their base, but he brings a little swagger. Yep, Rich Hill has pitched in the World Series. It's credible. He's pitched for the Red Sox. Like there's, yes. n- there's nothing that drives me more crazy than athletes who fake it. Like, you can't be 23 and be like, bleep you, man, or you just come off as a uh, complete DB. But if you are our Donaldson or Nelson Cruz or Rich Hill, what you bring is credible. And so now you've got a pitcher who's going to be wound tight on game day, but he's 40. It's not a bad thing, right? Donaldson is definitely going to bring an edge, and Cruz sort of brings a incredibly cool aspect and works hard. I, I would not call Nelson Cruz wound tight, but he brings his own intangibles that help. Here's the interesting thing about that in to me in the confines of a 60-game season. Over 162, like I, I like I like guys being wound tight and I like guys carrying and, and I think in the playoffs that can definitely help. Over 162, though, I think you got to pull that back at times, right? Like, you can't be wound tight for 162. But opening day, July 24th, and you're playing 60 games? Guess what, folks? This is football. So, like, if you want to go out there and shove and yell and scream and do do your Rich Hill thing, if it's a 60-game season, I'm not sure that's a bad thing. You know, you've actually hit on one of my – usually one of my biggest pet peeves about baseball is when, like, Football fans come in and treat every game on May 23rd yes. like it's the World Series. Well, if they do go forward with this season and they do play the 60 games, we do have to treat every game kind of like that. Like you might get a, you might get a few games off the beginning just to see like what does everyone look like after such a layoff. You guys haven't faced actual regular season major league pitching in what nine months or whatever it's been. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like. Game three out of the gate, if you make a dumb decision as a manager, you bring in the wrong, or you, you know, whatever, like you, someone gets caught on the base pass, like that matters and it might prevent you from getting to the playoffs because you don't have the extra 100 game cushion to to smooth it out. Um, I've got an observation, a twin summer camp observation. Byron Buxton, is he officially back yet? Is he still going through the intake process? I believe he's going through the intake process. I think he might be back today. Okay. But he's 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 here. here. He's here, but yeah, it's like a two-day period then to be tested for COVID-19. So Byron Buxton named his kid Blaze Jet Buxton over the weekend. Has there ever been a more appropriately named (laughs) child than Blaze Jet Buxton? It's a great name. Are we positive, though, that he's going to get dad's genes as far as speed goes and his mom fast? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if setting, mom is fast. That, if mom's not fast, that's setting the kid up for a big fall, man. Yeah, like if there's that, pressure. You're right. If that dude signs up for little league, and you know, like it could crush him at a young age if yeah. he's not very fast. Yeah, I mean, let's say and he's you can't a, and you can't. He's convert. a DH. He's a he's a slow DH. The problem for him too is like or ordinarily, if your first name doesn't make sense, you just pivot to your middle name. A lot of people do that, yeah. right? Like I don't really, I'm not really. 
I don't want people calling me Dick or something. Or I'm going to pivot to my middle name. Yes. Well, his middle name is Jet, so he has to be fast, or he's not going to live up to his first name or his middle name. Yeah, this is going to be tough. This is a lot of pressure right now. If Nelson Cruz had a kid, what would what would Nelson Cruz name his kid? What's the equivalent? Slugger. Slugger, yeah. Slugger Cruz. Bash Slugger Cruz. Slugger Bash. Slugger Something Bash. Something like that. Yes. Uh, all right. Any other observations from... That's my key one. Okay. Rich Hill, wound tight. And, and I do hope, I do hope, and I'm sure that, that there will be pushback, that there is some type of basically, folks, at the beginning of tonight's telecast, I'm going to tell you this. The mic's going to pick up some naughty words. Let's hear them. Hell yeah. Let's yeah, that's, hear that. That's going to be a thing, too. Like, the NBA is going to be the hardest because but, there's no fans and everything is so but, close-knit. Do you know what I hate, though? I hate this thing of, we'd uh, we'd like, like to apologize. We know that, that you might have heard that on the golf course. Okay, don't make the announcers. I don't want to hear Dick Bramer having to apologize for Rich Hill or whomever else might swear. Well, you're like, getting, but you're getting into, get like, up, a whole conversation about why we even consider certain, like, Absolutely. I, I get I get when you're talking about like derogatory race, you know, like the N word yes. has two hundred, four hundred years of meaning. Let's say the F word, okay? Right. So just the F word. Is the F word doing any harm to anybody? No, it's not. And and if there are no fans Is it suppressing anybody? Absolutely not. And here's no. the thing if there's no fans and there's not going to be, what's my payoff? My payoff is I can hear a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I can hear people get really mad and melt down. And then and then if they're bashing a, a dugout, water cooler, whatever, I can hear the theatrics that go along with watching it. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Let's uh, see it. Let's hear it. I'm with you on this one. I like that some of the cable channels have opened up, and ESPN just did it with The Last Dance. Like Comedy Central started doing this for roast like eight or nine years ago. After like eight or nine o'clock at night, it's just uncensored completely. Yeah. So especially if we're getting <laughs> night games, like if I'm getting a game at night on Fox Sports North, right. and Josh Donaldson wants to freak out on Joe West and there's right. no fans to, to muffle the noise, yep. I want that whole conversation. <laughs> if nothing else, Fox Sports 2, call it Twins After Dark. I like right. it. Yeah. I if like you want to hear everything, and you know what? Bert can swear to and if we can get more of those Aaron Boone in the face of an umpire discussions too, talking about how Savage. they're bleeping savages, Savage. like, those I'm are here for all of that. So, all right, we got to get to our write that down predictions. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And an accountability session. More things have come off the board, and Declan has brought audio evidence to review after a controversial yeah. accountability session from a couple weeks ago. So, we'll do that. A quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. For the past 15 years, Federated Insurance has made a strong commitment to youth mentoring through Big Brothers and Big Sisters. So, Big Brothers and Big Sisters is the largest one-to-one youth mentoring organization in the United States. Uh, They've been matching little ones, little brothers, little sisters with big brothers, big sisters since 1904 and have served nearly 2 million youth in just the past decade. More than 400,000 youth, their families, their mentors, and other mission-critical volunteers are part of the evidence-based mentoring program annually. It's just a great organization And you can find out more about the work that Big Brothers Big Sisters does to help young people maximize their potential and the work that Federated does to help raise millions of dollars for Big Brothers Big Sisters at federatedchallenge.org. Let's talk about Dennis Kirk as well, Dex. Yeah, quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. It is a little crazy out there, but one thing you can do is get out and ride, and Dennis Kirk will make sure your motorcycle is running and looking its best. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds, whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, sports bike, 
Dirt Bike or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. Get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. And they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Rami will remain as part of the intro until the end of the season because he's still in the thick of the batting average race. And he has he has told me offline he would like to come back and make some predictions throughout the course of the year. Yeah. To just, How uh, many times are we going to allow that? Batting yeah, I, average. I think we should allow that. Absolutely. I think we should allow that. He, he did not bow out voluntarily. Yeah, I mean... So I, I think we should give him his chance. I think... Uh, I think I think weekly is a little aggressive. All right, I think I think maybe like once every six to eight weeks. If he wants to come and make some predictions, he can. And make you know some. what? Okay. It could help us. It could hurt us. We don't. I mean, know. I'd love to have him on weekly. I'm saying like right. to ask him to come on weekly, and like he's not part of the score North team anymore. And Declan That's would up be to mad, him. and Declan would. I'd be a little upset. Be We've upset been talking. I've been talking with Rami about it too. We, there's a little bit of a dilemma there with with my. Account with my quantifying of, of the bats, but but that's okay. I prefer to call it your uh, potentially tainted title, Declan. All right, yeah, you just you just are all on team tainted title with everything. Right well, now. let's asterisk. Let's get to uh, let's get to the predictions here. We have to decide to at what point does Declan's batting average qualify for the batting average title? Because he has taken thirty swings so far. I think once he gets to fifty swings, like it becomes more. Legitimate. How many swings are we at? It's hard to say because we have a lot of we have a lot of predictions that are. Still on the board okay. from like many years ago. I think fifty. But for instance, fine. Judd, you currently have things that are either on the board or have come off the board in 2020. You oh, have 124 swings. Oh wow! See, and I have around the same. Woo. I've been a big, big leaguer for a long time. I've got 119 Whatever. swings. How's Larry Brown doing, by the way? Let's go through some of your oldest predictions <laughs> Larry, real quick. Larry Brown. I'd like to let you know how Larry Brown is. You've got Arizona State joining the Big Ten Hockey Conference. That's from five years ago. That Ooh. still hasn't happened. Uh, it could. It could. Well, good for Judd because it's an open-ended prediction. (laughs) Uh, Larry Brown will coach again. The kickoff will be out of college football by 2021. Okay, so there's a line on that one. And Jose Barrios will win a Cy Young Award by 2020. When did he – and he predicted that like three or four years ago? Four years ago. Okay. Yeah. By 2020? So you've got this this year. year. And there will be a Cy Young given out despite the fact that I think a guy like Barrios is going to make what? Six or seven starts? Like 12. Yeah, he'll make 10 or 12 like starts. 10 or 12. Depending okay. on if they, have a, if they have a six-man rotation, he'll make 10. I think if they get the 60-game season in, we are going to have the Cy Young handed out. So there is a chance that could yeah. come true. You also have Byron Buxton winning the World Series MVP in 2020, <laughs> a, which is legitimately possible. And let's and that is a home run swing. Let's clarify that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is not, slam, no, man. no, no. But, I mean, that was a forced home run. Write that down segment. I don't know if it was forced. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, was I wouldn't have said that unless I had a. Uh, Write it down. You like writing uh, things it was down. Forced. And oh. by, by the way, we, we do have to do a forced home run uh, deal again at some point soon. We should probably do it soon. next week. We should probably do it next week. It's been a couple months since we've done it, and that's where the big boys step up, Declan. 
Swing out of their shoes. Yeah, okay. We should actually we should force Declan to do home run catch up because like you and I have a bunch of forced home runs on the books already this year, yeah, and Declan many, has none. How many home runs do you have hit? How many, how many That's not relevant. No, no, it's, no. It's the, I, bats, it's the, it's the yeah. bats taking. All right. Well, so I, I could do one swing and have one home run. Well, we, what we're looking but to do is knock your guess. batting average down. Mm-hmm. That's the well, point. right, and okay. and yeah. and that is an outrageous guess. But if it's true, it or if it comes true, it's great. Let's That's get into the forced. Home right. run segment. That's yeah. the purpose. Let's get into the accountability session here, write boys. This so down. this is how Write That Down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable in some form. Ideally, they have an end date so they don't just sit on the board for five-plus years. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners like Bob, who's going to join us here in a second, can participate by just sending me a DM. Uh, you can download the Score North app and enter for your chance to play as well. Uh, or you can just DM me. On Twitter, it's been a little bit different the way that we've done this the last couple of months. Uh, at Phil Mackey on Twitter. Gentlemen, let's get to the accountability session. Judd Zolgad, you said Byron Buxton will play in more than 140 games this season. Yeah, that's mathematically the, the impossible. The pandemic has cost a lot of his points. No prorated. Yep. Uh, jo- nope. Jonathan Harrison said Carol Baskins from, is it was it Tiger King? Is that yeah. the name of the show? Yeah. Carol Baskins will get arrested for the murder of her ex-husband within the next three months. He said that back on April 1st. Well, three months have passed, and Carol Baskins is doing pretty well for herself. Tiger King now feels like it came out six years ago. Yeah, and I never watched it either. No, but I mean, just the whole right. hoopla, it, oh, feels, totally it feels like it was 2016 or something. Yeah. Manny had nothing off the board. Rami had nothing off the board. I told you guys, it actually took me 20 minutes to decipher... What Declan typed yeah, into I, the... I just figured you knew it, so I just I didn't even try. <laughs> I know the I know La Liga very well. Good for you. No, I don't. Okay. So <laughs> Clearly you don't. I figured out that I predicted that in La Liga, Real Sociedad would beat UD Levante, and they wound up drawing, so I was wrong. And I told you that the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest will still take place, and Matt Stoney will oh. finish in second place. I should have done more research because Matt Stoney didn't even make the trip. Oh. So, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so what? Like four guys How could you not know? I didn't do any research. I just know that Matt Stoney always participates, and he's one of the best non-Joey uh, Jaws eaters Were in the world. Were there COVID concerns about young Matt Stoney? I don't know. I he might be dead for all I know. Yeah. I, can someone check his YouTube page? Sure. Has he been posted? So we'll you could have Googled. You could have, just to be clear, you could have Googled the name. That's correct. Matt Stoney and probably found out. Well, I don't know. Do they put the list of participants out beforehand? I feel like you don't find out until like noon on the Fourth of July. <laughs> it's like football. Do they have? Well, I we guess never they have talk odds. About, they do have odds. We never so. talk about that. All right, let's get to the uh, the listeners here. Scott J predicted Tiger Woods will win three of the four majors in 2020. Well, the British Open was canceled. So oh, this prediction, good job. This prediction, like I guess I would need a ruling from you guys. If he wins the the three remaining majors, yeah, could I he would technically he... still get this correct? Yes, yeah. The semantics. He's semantics, saying that there's four majors as part the of the semantics prediction. of the wording of how he worded this are Judd-like and a problem. Uh, but if you would have said Tiger, Tiger Woods wins, will win at least three majors, it's still on the board. But if Tiger Woods wins all three, I I would be open to revisit this topic. Hmm. Okay, but yes, yes. I feel semantically like this is, he's wrong. This is a parlay, though. He's saying there will be four majors and Tiger will win three of them. That's what even, this prediction and is. He just okay. assumed that. Right. He assumed part two. All right. If Tiger does, we'll talk win three majors. We will circle back. Don't on worry, this. he's not right, going Scott. to. All right, Declan. Split week for Declan. You said Patrick Reed will finish top five in the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I can't stand the guy. I can't believe I put that. 
And Las Vegas will be a hub city for the NHL's return to play. It will not be. They're just avoiding the U.S. altogether with, yeah. which is probably smart. Yeah, good idea. However, you did say that West Ham, which is one of the worst teams in the uh, Premier League, would beat or draw Chelsea on Wednesday. They did beat Chelsea 3-2 to two in that match. And that a prominent Twins player will test positive for COVID between now and July 15th. Well, you had two of them test positive on intake, Miguel Sano and Williams Astadio. So Declan with a two for four week here. Not bad. And so before we get to the audio sample here, these are the standings. Declan Goff batting 474 with no home runs. Rami Makhlouf 410 with one home run. Judd Zolgad 388 with a home run. I'm batting 338 with two home runs. John Harrison 243 with two home runs. Listeners 179 with one home run. And Manny with a 120 batting average and no home runs on the season. So... All right, what, explain yeah, yourself here. So uh, about a month ago, we were making predictions on the MLB season. Judd said it would be at least 80 games or more. I said it will be no more than 80 games. Here is the audio sample of that clip. MLB will come <laughs> to an agreement on a return of play that will include at least 80 games, Declan Goff. All right, All right well, I'm very similar. Write that down. With my prediction. The MLB will agree to a return to play that's no more than 80 games. That's what I had written down. Okay. So you said at least, Judd, right? Yep. Okay, yes. I, saying, so you're both claiming 80, but Judd's taking 80 and above. Yep. You're saying 80 and below. Correct. Yep. Just for clarification. Okay. Need to play on no more than 80 games. All right. That's what you do. You bring the evidence to the table. All so right. the, yeah. the typo was MLB will agree on a re- So you had written down, at least in our archives, MLB will agree on a return to play on more than 80 games. Got it. And I believe on should have been no. So correct. He, so, so he missed correct. a man. Correct. He did. So Declan is now batting 526 on the season <laughs> and write that yep. down. Very good, Declan. Woo. Very good. 526. The question is, are you going to be is Lou Ford That's or exactly. Tony Gwynn? I was going to ask okay. that exact question. Mm. Who is Declan Goff? No, no home run. Just hits, yeah, but you hits, know, hits, baby. No, you yeah. know, you pick up your sports page on April 16th or so, and, yep. and, and you pour a bowl of cereal, and you get the milk, and, I, and, you, go, my life growing and up. you go look at the batting average uh, leaders in Major League Baseball, and some guys hitting 510 or 482. Are you that guy? Well, here's the thing. Even or if are I you go, Teddy Ballgame Summer 41? Even if I go like one for three the rest of the year, it's going to bring my average down because I'm at 470, That's the point. right? So it's, I, I have to hit 500 to keep this pace. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. The, this is, but this is the done? problem. Like, we might have to put more. Declan might be like like Tiger Woods in the late 90s where, all right, we need to start lengthening the courses here. Oh, here we go. Is Declan going to take advantage of just like swinging for singles now? Because I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where – I'm just going to maybe swing for home runs and try and get 10 jacks by the end of the season. Yeah, you can you can take the slugging Have title noticed, and I'm going to win the batting title. The the reoccurring theme of the recent write that down years is producers finding flaws in the game and exploiting them. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that? Dave Harrigan used Declan's to do it. Declan's at bats deal. Jonathan Harrison screwed us. I feel like Dave Harrigan was less about finding loopholes for himself and finding loopholes against you and me. Oh, yeah. No, he did that. Yeah. Yep. Jonathan completely screwed us. Jonathan comes to the table at the end of the year last year, like a hundred points behind in the batting average race. He's like, "You guys, would you guys mind if I predicted the bowl games as individual games, like like all thirty eight bowl games?" Okay. And we're like, "Whatever, I, just do whatever you want." And then he, we didn't do the math on it. No, we didn't even go through the exercise. He just did it. Said, "I'm doing it," and we're all like, "Okay, cool." That's <laughs> true. Idiots. All right. Write this down. Let's bring in guest listener Bob. Welcome to Write That Down, Bob. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thanks, guys. 
You got it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. So here's how it works. We're going to start with you, then we're going to go Judd, Declan, back to me, and we'll go around three rotations. So is your strategy going to be swinging for the fences, or are you are you looking for seeing-eye singles here today? I think I'm going to do a little bit of both. We'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to start with – well, I'm going to do some a couple soccer picks. So nothing, Write it down. Nothing, you like writing things down. Nothing about Juventus, but uh, – <laughs> I, <love laughs> I love me some Juventus. What a great, what a great team! This is tough. What a that great one, team! I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I was, I was walking my dog when I heard you say that, and I literally burst out laughing. I don't know if anyone. How do you pronounce? What is the right way to pronounce it? It's Juventus. 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 Oof. Okay. Juventus. Juventus. I'm an American. Juventus is my new favorite Buffalo in the clubhouse. <laughs> Juventus. All right. So I'm gonna go for Sunday's game. The Minnesota oh. United will beat Sporting KC. Ooh. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I like it. I like it. Let's go over to Judd. National Football League teams, when it's all said and done, will play one preseason game apiece this summer. So I I think right now they've agreed to play two, but the Players Association is trying to get the uh, exhibition games wiped off the map altogether. I'm going to go with one preseason game apiece for each team. Is that what it should be going forward to? Maybe there's like a scrimmage and then one or two preseason games. Sure we don't is. need four. Sure so just each team will only play one preseason game. Exactly right. Got it. Okay. Dex. So just to clarify, what's the prediction again? Yeah, because I want. National Football League teams will play one preseason game apiece this summer. Okay. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. So if one of those games gets wiped out by COVID, that prediction is wrong. Let's go to Declan. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> And then UFC will, <laughs> will beat Sporting KC on Sunday by at least two goals. Wow! So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go two goals that they'll beat Sporting KC on Sunday. You know, there's write that down. There, there is is football going on across the pond, boys. Okay, this MLS slant just because they're coming back, it's not right. Listen, it's let's a new, not forget our friends in the EPL. It's a new sport coming back. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's new I, things to predict. I I killed it with my. Your prediction last night. I'm going to MLS. Okay. I, I just I like how many sporting leagues are coming back. It gives us fresh things. We had like a, a two month stretch where nothing came off the board in this game. This is great. Write this down. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. And there's another new thing happening this weekend. UFC Fight Island, baby. Fight Island fires up on Saturday night. There's a let me see here. There's like 15 fights on the card for UFC 51 when you include the prelims. Like 12 fights. And uh, we're gonna start off with. A featherweight rematch, a title rematch, Alexander Volkanovsky <laughs> against Max Holloway. Will Max Holloway avenge his loss to Alexander the Great and take back his featherweight championship? Mackie thinks no. Alexander the Great, you can write it down that way, Dex. Alexander the Great will beat Max Holloway in the rematch for the featherweight UFC championship at if, Fight Island. If he wins uh, by the default of a positive COVID-19 test of his opponent, do you get the point? How about this? Alexander will retain the championship okay. after we'll, UFC we'll 251. Retain. He will, So he will come out the him. champion yeah. after UFC 251. Okay. Write this down. Back to Bob. All right. This one's going to be more of a big swing, but Luis Amaria of Minnesota United will have the most goals in the MLS tournament. 
Whoa. Oh, okay. That's kind of a parlay because part of that prediction is that they will win enough games to continue on, I would think, unless he goes crazy exactly. in the first three. Exactly. And, well, and if he goes crazy in the first three, then they're obviously going to advance. So Yeah. yeah and, and they can play up to seven, I think, right? If you, play, if you play all the way through into the championship, I think you'd get seven games. Look at like you, that. humble bragging. <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Judd. Okay, I'm going to go back across the pond and go with my uh, league. Man U will beat or draw against Austin Villa on Thursday. Man U will beat or draw against Austin Villa on Man U. Thursday. That's your team, Man U? Man U. Is that, that, that's your squad? Have you adopted them? Because I'm no, looking no, for a team. No, 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 I'm not. No, okay. I'm done. I'm, I am watching the, this league as an observer of every team, I'm done with this whole thing of you got to find a team. No, no you don't have to find a team. Dude, it is the, I'm tired it is the of that. I'm not getting any thing. jerseys, okay? But the level of soccer is fun. There's a lot of great or good matches, but I'm not adopting a team. I sense I might be offending Bob. It's, Bob, you seem like you may have adopted an EPL team at some point based on your soccer love. But I just feel like once you pass the age of, I don't know, 20, 25 years old, like, you can definitely watch EPL and enjoy sports, but I don't understand how you can become emotionally connected to a team you just, like, handpick when you're 22 years old. It doesn't make sense to me. I get it. No, I agree with that, yep. So, Bob's on board bunch with of, you. Bunch of frauds. Bob Break agrees with down. you, Phil. All right, back to Bob. No, it's Declan. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. It's back to Declan. That's okay. Uh, at least one NBA <laughs> Tried to team. to skip him on purpose. That's very, very <laughs> good. Uh, no, we need Declan to rack too. up the bats. We did need Declan to rack too. up the bats. At least one NBA team will drop out of the bubble by the time play resumes in the NBA. So at least one NBA team is just going to drop out and say, we're not doing this. We either are testing positive. We're just, we're out. We're out on this. MLS program. had that happen, right? Yeah. Dallas. Dallas. They, they booted Dallas, basically, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they had like 10 positive tests or something. Yeah, because they probably went to a bar, the idiots. So yeah, at least one team, NBA team, will drop out of the bubble by the time play right resumes. I feel down. like the Nets are the closest team. Yes. Like The Nets don't have enough players and as it, it is. If they do, they like four. <laughs> do the Wolves not get their first round pick? That's my question. I, I don't know. I think that's correct because they have to make the playoffs and then the Wolves get it. It's lottery protected. So if Brooklyn doesn't make the playoffs, then Minnesota doesn't get that pick. But if you quit, do you then, are you then told that's cool or are, I think, are you yeah, what, punished what, for that? Yeah, what if like, so what if you're the sixth seed right now or like the seventh seed right now before you get into it? Because there's going to be like eight games to decide who the playoff teams are. Right. If you get kicked out of the bubble as the seventh seed right now before you finish the regular season, I would assume that. You're out of the playoffs. Like you're not, you don't just get to like skip eight games and then and sit there. I don't know. Write this down. Weird. All right, write this down. The WNBA will remove the Atlanta Hawks co-owner who wrote an anti-Black Lives Matter letter to the league sometime earlier this week. They're going to remove her by the end of August. She will no longer be a co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Write this down. I believe she's a. I think she's a senator. Yeah, she's. Um, yeah. And she just kind of picked like the wrong. I feel like she picked the wrong league and the wrong time Man. to write that letter. So wrong city. That's what we like to call uh, tone deaf yes. in the business. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, write this down. Probably not going to work out well for her as a WNBA co-owner. Write it down. You like writing things down. Back to Bob. All right. So if, and I'm not 100 percent sure this will happen, if the Major League Baseball season finishes, the Minnesota Twins will win. A postseason series. Ooh. Oh God! That'd be wow. Great for the first time in eighteen. Care years. to care to throw in who you think they'll beat, Bob? No, I don't, because I'm even including uh, the single wild card game as a series. So just a series. Okay. Okay. Oh, interesting. That think... counts. I mean, well, he I... can count it if yeah, he can count it if he wants. Yeah. I think a lot of people would say that they need to oh, beat I'll, the Yankees. I'll in five. 
<laughs> but if they can just beat the Yankees one game, I think that's a step forward in the playoffs. Very impressive, Bob. Yeah, I like you, you come into our house and use rules <laughs> against us. I have admiration for that. Great admiration, Bob. Bob, now that you've got this massive platform here, would you like to thank anybody in your life that got you to this point? <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for uh, having me on. It was a lot of fun. It's uh, My buddies and I do, a, before baseball season every year, a series of prop bets that we haven't been able to do, so I'm looking forward to doing that. So Ed and my buddy Ed, so say hi to him, and thanks, thanks guys, and I appreciate what you've been doing, and you know, it's been a tough last few months, but I like it. Bob, thanks for Thank coming you. on, man. We appreciate, appreciate you. Write it down. Okay. You like writing things down. All right, Judd, back to you. That was good. Yeah. Good Bob, Bob came in and dictated swings, our yeah. rules to us. Bob, I appreciate Bob. Bob, Bob. Bob was also very proactive. Bob he, a lawyer, you think? Bob reached out yesterday, earlier in the day, to me via DM to make sure that we were still on for, for this, this taping. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That's so, good. All right, my third and final write that down for this week. The Twins will win their opener against the Chicago White Sox, and Nelson Cruz will hit a home run at guaranteed rate field. All right. The Twins are going to win their first game on July 24th, and the parlay to that is Nelson Cruz will go deep at least once. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right, back to Dex. I also have an opening day prediction. So Jose Barrios will obviously be the Twins' opening day starter. He will pitch at least six innings, and he will strike out at least six batters. So six opening day, six innings at least, at least six batters. Uh, six strikeouts. Yeah, six strikeouts. I'm sorry, yep. uh, six strikeouts. He, I know he hasn't been named opening day starter. I think it's a foregone conclusion he is. Um, but he'll be the opening day starter, six innings, oh. six strikeouts. Oh, Rich Hill. Or does Rich maybe, Hill? Yeah, maybe, or, or is Rich not. Hill? You Rich know? Hill says, give me the MF ball, Rocco. Richard Hill. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> I don't have a pencil. Well, remember. Dick Mountain, down. boys. Dick Mountain. Eggplant Mountain. I love it. Oh, boy. And if he does make a start at guaranteed rate field, there's a lot of one-liners that could take place based on the nickname of that field. No kidding. Uh, and I'll explain that off microphone <laughs> to anyone who doesn't Come on, get man. it. Tell the listeners. Uh, I'm going to go back to the golf well here. I feel like I've, I, I don't know, I just, like Justin Thomas is is my guy outside of Tiger Woods, and I've already whiffed twice. And so Justin Thomas is the favorite at whatever the tournament is this weekend, and I think he's going to win. Justin Thomas. He's well, t- well, you don't even know the tournament? I mean, it's a golf tournament. I don't know. They're playing. I think they're playing at Muirfield in Ohio. Let's see. Couldn't it's, tell you. It's like the charity something. It is the classic open. Doesn't even say invitational. It's the classic open invitational. I think okay. that's what it's called. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, Justin Thomas will win something like that. So Justin Thomas will win the golf tournament. Okay. Those write are your write that down predictions. Write it down. You like writing things down for the week. Declan Goff with a massive batting average lead, over one hundred points on Rami Makhlouf, and a let's see how one hundred thirty point lead. Over Judd Zolgad going into next week. Let's get let's get Royce's quad A. I, unless he forgot. I guess we'll No, I think he's you should be ready. Let's see. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Today's the day for the all time twins quad A lineup. I gave mine off the top of the show if you want that quick okay, and then we... good, good. Uh, that's good. Because I, I only went back to the first twenty years. And I uh, twenty years because I uh, didn't have time to go through the whole thing. So you did like but, like the the sixties and seventies. I I did through uh, I think through eighty five actually. Good because mine starts in the early nineties, so this is actually going to be two two but, lists that converge. Uh, here's the deal. Let me let me just lay out. It is not just failures. You know, you have had to have to be on this team, and I'm sure you agree. Success in AAA. You have had to. It's not just disappointment. Okay. Some Agreed. Guy that some guy that everybody. You know, I I came up with a list of like twenty five disappointments from those times. 
but I went back to check on her records. Like Rick Rennick was one I was considering, but you know, he ended up getting a thousand at bats in the big leagues or something. Yeah. So it's kind of the guy who didn't, who we waited for and waited for, and he got here, and then he was like, <laughs> you know, what happened? Yes. He's gone. That kind of guy. That's what I was looking. That's why Slama and Restovich were perfect. Yes. You know. Yeah. It was so actually anyway. kind. Of, it was kind of hard to fill out like. Certain positions are easier to find than others. You, there's yeah. there's a hundred outfielders you could find in Twins history. Oh, now shortstops are hard to find. Yes. Uh, yeah. One I looked up was Alvaro Espinosa because we were waiting for him to be the regular for about five years. He couldn't hit, but he was great at the field. But hell, once he left here, he hung around for like ten years. So he, count, <laughs> you know. he was always a backup. But uh, Yankees, right, Pat? Yeah, Yankees everywhere. He was, you know, God Almighty. He, some team honored him when he left, so he don't count. If you if you get honored when you leave, you don't get count. You don't count. Yes, but so, I got three good ones. But give me your team. All right, I'll fly through this here, uh, and and, I, and my my parameters are pretty much the same as yours, which is you were really really good in the minor leagues and highly touted and and even great at AAA, and then you just didn't do anything or enough in the major league. So Derek Parks is my catcher. Okay. His All last right. season at AAA, he had a 311 batting average with a 900 OPS and just like didn't really do anything in the major and, leagues. And also had the, uh, uh, you know, the number one draft choice. And I actually was all on him. I looked to all the two. I think it was Kenosha. Where were they? Racine or Kenosha? I couldn't even Racine. tell you. Twins, but A ball. I went over the drove over there one summer to do a piece on him. And this, uh, he was like 19, and he had this gorgeous 22-year-old wife driving the Mercedes. That's what I remember about it. And she was the older sister of his best friend, who, once he got that contract, she really took an interest in him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if Gary and the missus might have had a happy, happy life. (laughs) Maybe they did. Maybe they grew, hey, grew to love just, each other outside of the bank account. I, I think the being a number one director has upgraded his options. Yes, but, yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, my next two guys were, were linked to the same era of Twins baseball. Kenny Vargas at first base and Luke Hughes yeah, at second base. Outstanding. Both outstanding. Yep. Both outstanding <laughs> selections. Kenny, I mean, we were Luke. Luke even more so than Kenny. Luke, Luke one time pulled me aside in the clubhouse and asked me what the deal was with what's the deal with your co-host, mate? Why is he so negative all the time? What's the deal with that Roos that Roosy guy? Well, I can tell you, you can go back to a couple of spring training. Remember the what he hit eight one spring training or yeah. that? He was like he stood on the top of the plate and he gave the ball inside. Boom, down that left field line. But third yeah, yeah, third base third base, Terry Tiffy. Yeah, I might be able to top that, but go ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah, he was a 300 career hitter in AAA, and then, you know. Yes. All right. So I couldn't find a shortstop, and th- so this guy played for eight years in the major leagues, but I feel well, I, like. Actually, my third baseman played some shortstop, so we could maybe go that, but okay. go ahead. My shortstop is Alexi Casilla. I get that he played for a long time in the major leagues, but he was mostly bad in the major leagues and was amazing in the minors. And was never, he that good in AAA? Was he that good in AAA? He was a 300 hitter a, a, a few okay. years in a row. Right. Yeah. Okay. My Not outfield bad. is Michael Restovich, Oswaldo Arcia, and and get this one, late 90s, 
This guy stole 30 to 50 bases every year and hit 300 like three straight years in, in double, triple A. Chris Latham is my other outfielder. Yeah, yeah, we were excited about Chris Latham. He's the weak link there. The other two yep. are unquestionable. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. A lot of stuff we need to take back. I wrote about him. Yep. So how who are your chokers? Uh, my my well my my DH oh, by the way catcher? my who's catcher is catcher? my catcher's Derek Parks Derek Parks okay yeah. yep okay and my that designated hitter hit three twenty four career three twenty four in Triple A Brent Brady is my DH yeah yeah we were excited about him he couldn't he couldn't outrun me that was one of his problems <laughs> but uh, Kenny could be your DH too of course so yes yes okay all right so. I'll give you some starting pitchers here. Uh, this guy was highly touted, second-round draft pick, and was really good in the minors for a few years and was a disaster in the majors. J.D. the Real Deal Durbin. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I, I was one of my off-the-top-of-head guys, and I, I, I never did look up to see if he actually did do well in the minors, but he was a beauty. Yep. We were all rooting for him because he wouldn't shut up. The Real Deal. The Real Deal. Gave a name attached to him by him. <laughs> yeah, which should never be allowed. You shouldn't be allowed to name yourself. Oh, but that's the best nickname when these guys give themselves one and then get jewelry with it on there. I, uh, I don't. I don't know what this next guy's nickname was, but I know that there is a three-run difference between his major league ERA and his minor league ERAs. Scott Klingenbeck is number two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I think we were so mad about that trade, we never thought the Klinger was a good deal. The Klinger. Remember the Klinger, man? Oh, that yeah. That was the end for Kelly. That was Kelly when it was new. Kelly, Scott Erickson wasn't one of his favorite guys, but Scott Erickson, Kelly, alleged, the legend is when they, when they were on the brink of making that trade, he walked out to center field when uh, Erickson was shagging and said, is there any way we can get this done? So we don't have to make this god awful trade. Yeah. So, anyway, he was not on the Klinger bandwagon, manager Kelly. He wasn't wrong. All right, number three, Australian who threw over fourteen hundred minor league innings and was very good, uh, and then he was pretty bad in one hundred major league innings. Brad Thomas. Yeah, yeah, we had big hopes for him. Lefty too, hard threw hard. Yep. Just, you know, just uh, I pooped the bed as they say every time he pitched him in the majors. Kevin Slowey is my number four starter. Yeah, we expected more. He ended up making what though fifty, sixty starts. Yeah, he was. He's, he's controversial. The the the, the number yeah. five starter I probably shouldn't be on this because he turned into one of the best relievers in baseball. But I have Liam Hendricks on here. If you just look at his Twins career alone, oh yeah, Liam yeah, Hendricks. That's true, but I, I I eliminated those guys in the next year and then did well. You know, sure, or flops. Yeah. Okay, I got three for you. He was a pitcher that's probably your number one starter. And I actually wrote something about him uh, when I did that uh, make-believe homestand. Steve Luber. Okay. Steve Luber. uh, Get this, fellas. In 1970, in the Florida State League, Class A, Steve Luber made... uh, 30, he pitched in 34 games. He made 30 starts. He pitched 237 innings in the Florida State League, which is a 140-game season or something. 178 ERA, 
17 and 11. Wow. You know how many people they would fire if somebody tried to have somebody pitch 237 A's? Class A. That's hilarious. Anyway. And then in the next year, he was with the Twins, and they gave him, I think he pitched in 18 games, 12 starts, was 2-5. and five. Uh, 72, he was up for two games. He was, uh, and they di- he didn't get back till 77, I think, is when he almost pitched the no-hitter. And he made a few starts for the Twins that year. But he went into uh, Saturday night in Texas. He was pitching, and the Texas was pretty good then, and you expected him to, like, get massacred. And he was one out from a no-hitter, one strike from a no-hitter. And uh, even though he walked eight, by the way. But in the big leagues, he ended up uh, 24 starts, 66 games, 462 ERA. In the minors, uh, in AAA, he won 82 games and pitched 1,307 innings and always did well. He's uh, he's the he's the quintessential four A starter. Uh, I like in it. My opinion. I like it. Uh, another guy, third baseman from the early years, but also an infield, a guy named George Banks. Uh, George Banks got a brief. He played 106 games for the Twins, hit 219. He played uh, 643 games in Triple A, hit 121 home runs, had 363 RBIs. Uh, played 12 years, uh, hit 35 after he left here. He hit 35 in Portland one year in triple a, but he in total, not only for the twins, but for other teams, 106 games in the major leagues. But we were really, uh, as young twins fans in the early sixties, we were in a lather for George Banks. Wow. And then they called up a guy named Rich Rollins who was not that ballyhooed, who was three times as good as him and had a good career, right? <laughs> and it. then another guy, Mark Funderbrook. Oh, Mark yeah. Funderburg. I remember. Yes. Great big, uh, the modern-day hitter. He was, uh, you know, he was an old size back then. Really great guy. Uh, a, in, you know, part of his being a 4A player was he spent a lot of time playing double a because they were in orlando and that was his home and he had a family so they put him in there instead of triple a but uh with the twins he only got two little tiny shots i went down in 85 to see him in orlando in the summer he went 34 and 116 that year with a 263 283 average and he only struck out 63 times. In the Southern League? Jeez. Uh, and they brought him up in September and gave him a shot and never even had him on the 40 man the next year. But he was a he he, became, he was kind of a minor league hitting coach for him later on, but uh every time he, you know, he every year in the minor leagues he basically put up big numbers and they really never gave him a shot and uh he, he could have uh, – somehow we might have to uh, take one of your outfielders. Or we could put Funderburg at first and let Kenny DH something. I'm like good that. with that. Yeah, it's, I, I just – so 214 career minor league home runs for Funderburg, two career major league home runs. Yes, yes. Amazing. Only, uh, how many at-bats in the major leagues? Like, he had 90, 95 at-bats in the major leagues yeah. from, let's see, 1981 – in 1985, okay. he had a couple cups yeah. of coffee. Wow. 80, 80, 85, he was tearing it up. I went down there in like late July and wrote a wrote a piece about him. And I think maybe they said, "Well, okay, we'll give him a shot." But uh, 
he uh you know they 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 were they never were and you know look up his strikeout and they thought he struck out too much <laughs> he didn't he really well he did a couple of years but yeah but i mean yeah but he became a better hitter as he came along so anyway i got those are the three guys i came up with who are who got to be on my team anyway yeah but uh, i agree with what we said yesterday the greatest for a player regardless of position and who defines what it is is Anthony Slama. Can I give you can I give you his close cousin? Cuz yes. I I've got two relievers, Anthony Slam is one of them and then this guy might as well have been like the 1A to Anthony Slama, Rob Delaney. Yep. Yeah, he just blew people away, right? He just struck everybody out. Yes. Triple A, right? Rob Delaney had back-to-back years. Why don't I remember Rob Delaney? From from A ball up to double A, he had a 1.03 ERA in 2007, a 1.23 ERA in 2008, and he pitched a total of six innings in the major leagues in his career. Rob mm-hmm. Delaney. Yeah. Uh, another guy, uh, another reliever, Nolte. Dan Nolte was wow. excited about him, and he was pretty good in Triple A. And they, they remember they made him closer. Was I was way back? He might not have been born yet. Uh, they were, yeah, they were gonna. They made him the closer one year, and that didn't work out too good. <laughs> Cal State uh, Fullerton guy. He was a college guy. I, you know, in fact, I think he was Hurley. Now this boy, I'd really have to check this. I think he was on the hill trying to save a game in Fenway. And he hit us. They somebody hit a slide ball out out there in the in the corner, you know, in the angle there. Oh, and that's and that's the ball Tory was chasing when he jumped up there and broke his ankle out in uh, out in right center, deep. Oh, in right July of two thousand and five, is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was Nulty, it might be actually in Nulty. No, his career ended in two thousand, so it might have been. Oh, was yeah. it like Dan Serafini or something? I'm trying to think of those <laughs> other. That wasn't it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was thinking, but I remember him coming in to try to save a game in Fenway, and uh, no chance. Nothing was more fun than Fenway, though, in the late 70s, because the Twins had a really good lineup and a really bad pitching staff once Soupy Campbell left. And it made no difference how many runs the Twins were ahead. (laughs) You know, that's when Butch Hobson was hitting ninth with 90-some RPIs. Made no difference. They'd get 15 if they had to. You know, once once you got to the seventh or eighth inning, they they brought out some beauties to pitch back then. Pat, the beauty of baseball reference is that uh, you can just find answers to things. So let's just go in here. July 29th at Fenway, Twins lose 8-5. to The uh, yeah, the Red Sox scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth inning to take. Didn't Corridori killed himself trying to catch a ball in the eighth? Yes, and the pitchers for the Twins were Carlos Silva, Jesse Crane, and J.C. Romero. In that, oh, J.C. Romero was probably at that. So, well, that's too bad. I tell you what, look up J.C. Romero's one year there, where he might have been taking some extra vitamins. (laughs) He got good, didn't he? 121 or something that like in that. Philadelphia, Pat? No, what? it was he had, a, he had a year here where he had a 1.89 oh, ERA. Oh, okay. I thought he had one in Philadelphia and, too. And, and, and 70 some games, right, Phil? Yeah, he pitched in he pitched in 81 games every <laughs> other game. He <laughs> was unbelievable. And every time you saw him, he weighed three more pounds than he did yesterday. <laughs> 
Yeah, Judd, he also had a game with the Philly, or a year with the Phillies where he had 81 appearances. Yeah. <laughs> Rocco would have objected strongly Sorry. to those uh, outings. Oh, God. The usage rates. You know who would have loved him? Manager Mock. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. He would have pitched him a yeah. hundred times. Yeah, the Mike Marshall year, Pat, is still is still yeah. amazing. Well, the, the Soupy Campbell year, screwball pitcher, 1976, 166 innings as your closer. <laughs> Jeez. Hello, <laughs> Elbow. And Tommy Johnson. You know, I love Bach, but he ruined Tommy Johnson, too. So, well, you know, the next, the next year. But well, that's, anyway, your, that's, that's your quad A twins. You did a fine job, so I like your team, but uh, I got to have Luber, I got to have Thunder Burke, and I got to have George Bank. Good with that. Good with that. All, all right, right, Brent Brady, all due respect, you're off the list. See you, buddy. <laughs> okay. all right, bye, yeah, I'm Pat. sure he's crushed. All See right. you, Royce. Bye. bye. See you. All right, let's wrap I'm it sure with Royce. Absolutely crushed to be off this list. Yeah. Brent Brady, we should tr- we should try and track some of these people down and just yeah. have him on the show. I agree. What's Chris Latham doing? Yeah, these what days? was it like <laughs> to ultimately not be good? <laughs> well, let's start with this one. You had great success in AAA, so, uh, and then you stunk. Yeah, Terry Tippy, uh, man, talk about just being a terrible third baseman. Would you call your, <laughs> Would you call yourself a loser in life or just in baseball? Isn't that funny? How talk like, about being a loser? Like, think about how much more successful Alexi Casilla is in life than I am. Like, Alexi Casilla right. has made millions of dollars in his life, and I'm sitting here yeah. on this show just, like, trashing him as, as an eight-year major leaguer <laughs> because Waldo he didn't Arcia? hit 300, you know? Oswaldo has probably made decent cash. Not yeah. a ton, but probably very decent. Yeah, We'd certainly like dollars. it. Yeah. We'd certainly take it. Yep. Amazing. Oh, man. All right, well, that's a wrap on this show. Uh, tomorrow we've got Cliché Mount Rushmore's and also Action Movie Rewind on Friday. So a lot more to get to this week. And you can always find our Daily Vikings Conversations on the Purple Daily Podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and YouTube.com slash ScoreNorth. See you guys.